0: Yeah, we certainly expected to, to win a lot more games than we did, and unfortunately, we had a what felt like just one bad month uh, in June, and um, it didn't work out, unfortunately. And um, I think that that's a super talented team. It's a great organization, and and um, I don't think that they're out of the race yet by any means. You know, they still got a bunch of really good baseball players over there, and. Um, but, you know the deadline comes up and the team has to make moves and and that's that's what happens so um it, it is what it is you know but I had articulated that that going into 2024 you know we don't see ourselves that ha- we' will having the same odds that we did in, in 2022 2023 but we will feel the competitive team um in, in 2024 and so um you know now is a, is a time where we start to think about um, what opportunities can exist in the in the winter time um what kind of resources that we'll have um at our disposal and uh and 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 put our best foot forward but um to get to the sustainability that we always talk about um we were gonna have to we, you know we were gonna have to 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 do that organically and you know there's lots of lots of ways to do that and I think some of the more traditional ways have been um when teams have you know for lack of a better word you know you know, tanked and, and put themselves up at the top of the, the, the draft, um, the draft order, the amateur draft order every single year. Um, well, that, that can take five, six, seven years to do. And, and, you know, we don't want to endure that. And and we don't think you have to endure long stretches of that um, in order to build something sustainable. So, so that's ultimately where our goal is, um, is, is to build that sustainability. But um, so, you know, but like I said, we, we won't have the same odds in 2024, but um, we'll, we'll put together a competitive team.
1: Well, you heard it from the horse's mouth, Billy Upler. And, you know, they're going to try to be opportunistic. They're going to try to provide value. There's going to be pathways to be successful. But it's going to be a team that may be more plucky, you know, not as... You know the margin of error is greater for these guys. You know they have a th- you know you know excuse me a thinner margin of error for these guys. There'll be names that you'll you know value names. You know maybe they're gonna go and scour areas that we're not sure of. You know maybe a DJ Stewart who is the type of you know component player they'll put in and fill up the roster with. We don't know. There's a lot of uh, unknowns with that. And and as I said. Just because you're not promising, and I think Steve Cohen said this during his conference today in Kansas City, promising to be in on every big free agent like they have been pretty much the last couple of years, that doesn't mean you can't field a competitive team. But I wouldn't count on us sitting here next year on August 2nd from their words and, and 100% being uh, buyers or having been buyers and, and being competitive. It does, in a three wild card scenario, I got to tell you, you put some money into the team and you're halfway decent at your job and you're not tanking, you should be able to get at least the mirage of playoff contention. I mean, there's a lot worse teams. I mean, look at the 2011 Mets. If they had invested a little in that team, they might have been. And that's what a, one wild card, not, not three. So, you know, that's where you're at. You heard Mark Cannon. It is a shame. He's right. If you look at the Mets... You know April they play 560 baseball may they played just under five hundred, fourteen 14 and 15 awful in June you know 7 and 19 1962 Mets level 600 baseball in July they were starting to play better their starting pitching was was doing better it was actually uh their best run differential month and then they tore it all apart and underst- you know we've been through that why they did it and so on and so forth but you know four or five games in June you know go 12 and 14 instead of and and uh, we're talking about a different situation here. Uh, It's it's crazy. It's amazing, the whole thing. So, you know, we'll get more into the prospects and the farm system and maybe dive a little deeper. You know, we heard from uh, Eli Sussman about fish on first, about, you know, Vargas and Hernandez, the kids, the really young kids from the Marlins system they got for Robertson, which, by the way, Robertson is not faring that well in Miami. So these deadline deals, it's so hard to rip a guy from a team who's pitching well, in a groove, uproot them, uproot the family. You know, even if it's a familiar situation, you're not like he's going to Mars, he's going to Miami. It's the National League East. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes they work out great. Sometimes they struggle. We saw from the Mets perspective last year that Darren Ruff struggled. Michael Givens was okay. You know, Vogelbeck was okay. He was pretty good. You know, it just you don't know how this thing is going to work out. It's it's strange on that. So, you know, so what does that mean? You know, you lo- start looking at, you know, free agents for next year. And obviously we haven't even thought about trades. You know, it's hard to really, um, um, you know, speculate on trades and everything. You know, the first thing I want to say, and everybody's going to talk about this, I don't know how you sell this to Otani. Now, money will sell Otani. And I think that there might be some inkling from Billy Epler because the industry talks. And having known Otani because he signed him the first time, Epler might think, and he might be telling Cohen, I don't think this guy wants the East Coast. I don't think this guy wants New York. And we don't know if he's built for New York. Just because he's a dynamic player, arguably the best player of all time. You have no idea if he wants New York and built for New York. We really don't know who he is. I mean, obviously, there's the cultural and the language barrier. You have no idea who he is. Now, I'd love to say that, you know, we were all prepping for it, myself included, the winter of Otani, the winter of Otani, the winter of Otani, the winter of Otani. The winter of Otani might be before us, but it might be the Angels and the Dodgers and the Phillies. And, you know, they don't want to come to the Mets. I don't know why I go to the Phillies, but you know what I'm talking about. Somebody else other than the Mets. Maybe the Yankees are in on it. You know, maybe he looks at the Mets and says, you know, I don't want to come to a team unless I know a thousand percent that they're going to be competitive. I already did this gig with the Anaheim Angels. And in a way, he might look at the Mets as Anaheim East. You want to go to team guaranteed to win? Go to the Dodgers. They've been winning for years. Even if they haven't won a World Series, they've been in it. You don't have to move far. They got a rich history and tradition. You know, maybe, you know, Who knows? You know, maybe he likes the culture in San Francisco better. I don't know. You know, San Diego star-studded. He's on the U.S. coast. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I would like the Mets to be in on Otani. I think it would solve a couple of problems. You know, the, the malaise that might be setting in with Mets fans. And that's a conversation we'll have. I have some things about Sunday's show that I'd like to get into. I'm not going to get into them tonight because I want to keep it to the, the trade deadline. So... You know, the early thing here is that I don't know how they sell this to Otani. So anybody photoshopping Otani uniforms on a Mets uniform or say, ah, don't worry about it. I mean, you know, I saw people put out there, look, the Mets have a decent crux of players. They got Alvarez, they got Alonso, they got McNeil, they got Lindor, they got Beatty, Nimmo, Marte, Navarez, Senga, Quintana, The Diaz coming back. Maybe they have Adevino and Rayleigh in that bullpen. Those aren't bad arms. Drew Smith is, ah eh, he's okay. You know, he's, he's serviceable. You got some prospects. Maybe Mauricio gets brought up and has an impact. Acuna, you know who knows about the pitchers we talked about. Um, You could supplement that. It's not zero. It's not like they have a bunch of four A guys running up and down the lineup. You throw Otani in that. It's exciting, but Otani's going to look at that and go, you know, you know what's this all about? You know what's you know Steve Cohen has sold Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander on a vision. He switched that vision. And he got them out of there. So he got them to good places. Not like they just, and they had no trade, so he couldn't. But I don't think he treated them poorly on the way out. He, he paid them handsomely, and he worked with them on the way out. But, other, you know, and, and I saw the comments in the, Arth, of, of the, the athletic article. I don't know if it was Britton or Salmon that wrote that, you know, agents are saying, hey, money talks. So it's not like the NBA where all of a sudden, you know, nobody wants to go someplace or so they want to go to Miami or they want to go to Boston or whatever it may be. So, um, I just want to put it out there. I think selling Otani on this, and even if you kept the team together, I mean, baseball and life is about odds. I mean, Cohen nailed Scherzer. He nailed Verlander. I mean, Scherzer was a game changer. The Mets never would. I mean, they they won the Beltron sweepstakes. That that was hard, and they won the Pedro Martinez sweepstakes. But after that, it was very hard for the Mets to win these sweepstakes sweepstakes, especially when the Yankees were involved with guys like Teixeira and Giambi and, you know, you know the deal. So, CC Sabathia, Mets just wouldn't get involved. You know, they became the Yankees over the last couple of years. So maybe they could still have that magic. And look, I don't doubt, if Cone was able to do it a couple of times, can he do it with Otani? You got Sing on the roster. Does that help? I don't know. You know, this is a diverse city. It's a city where you know, it doesn't matter what culture you are. You could probably fit, fit in somewhere you know but you know that that could be said for LA too that could be said for San Francisco in some ways too so
2: new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc
1: you know so that i want to get that out there you know, don't just think this is about otani oh we just get otani it'll be okay no no. because i saw people are writing well they just got rid of these two aces they weren't really pitching like aces max was pitching like a third starter Volander was coming around but who knows The metrics were indicating they were declining. All true. But they were established stars with a DNA of excellence and championship pedigree. They do not grow on trees. You are not getting those guys on the free agent market. And quite honestly, I'm not going to get into Otani deep again today. That's not the point of this segment. Otani is a good pitcher, but I'm not sure he's at the level of Scherzer vintage Verlander. I think he's a better hitter than pitcher. My observation without diving into it, I think he's a better hitter than pitcher. But again, we're not diving into that. We will get into that. <laughs> Believe me, we're going to have a lot of time over the next seven or eight weeks before the season is over to talk about a lot of stuff because it ain't going to be about the games. I'm coming to you during a game. I've never done that before. It ain't going to be about the game. So, look, I'll outline the roster. They have some you know, players to start with. What do you think? What do I think early? What does Billy Epler's words mean? And, I, and I'd and i like to see more conversation as the season goes on. You know, it's it's about maybe signing some bullpen arms. You know, maybe they go after a Jorge Solar or Jesse Winker on a value deal, Lourdes Gurriel. You know, they could bring back Tommy Pham and Mark Canna. You know, maybe they bring in a Justin Turner. They're going to bring in guys on one or two year deals, guys who are not at the top of their free agent class, who want to play here in New York. You know, they're not going to go out and go after uh, Urias or Blake Snell or even maybe an Aaron Nola or a Sonny Gray. I mean, Aaron Nola's having a bad year. You're going to have to give those guys five or six year deals. I mean, if Taiwan Walker is getting four or five years, right? He's getting four years. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez, a Nola, a Urias, these are going to cost some serious cheddar. They're going to cost $25, 30000000 million a year. Max Chapman at third base. I know he's older. These are big contracts. You know, they're not going to do that. They're going to take the the foundation of what they have right now on that roster. They're going to say, we could probably use a couple. You know, Marte, you know, assuming he comes back healthy, that's not a bad guy to have in the outfield. They'll say, I need a corner outfielder. I need a couple of bullpen arms. I got to round out that rotation with short-term deals because Tidwell and, and, and Scott and Stewart might be ready in 24 months. You know, you can put something together. It's going to look more like the 1997 Mets. And you know what? We'll see. You know, Can Buck, if he's still here, and I think he will be. And I also think Buck, and people have asked me this on Twitter. You know, I know that they don't like how he doesn't play the, the kids as much. When you're on a contending team, you're worming the kids into the lineup. They don't get a scholarship. Now it's different. And the front office dictates the lineup anyway. You think the front office is going to sit back and let Buck do whatever he wants? You know that's not true. I think Buck would be good for a young team, and players that are coming in that need to learn how to be professionals to a certain degree. You know, it looks it. You know, especially with the Houston guys, it looks like they brought guys in with great makeup. I am sure that was part of the decision making process was makeup on these guys. You hear good things about Acuna. I mean, there's a lot of good things you hear about all the kids that they brought in, and Buck at least for one year. Because he's getting older. I mean, I don't think Buck signed up for a rebuild. I think they'd also think in Buck, you have a, a collection of players that are pretty good, but not, you know, obviously considered the top five teams to win in baseball. You know, can you go in and, and 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 put this mixture together and come out with something pretty sweet? In a way, and I don't know what the fans will think, but I think the negativity will subside for a while. Because the expectations will be lowered, the pressure will be off uh the fan base as well. And I think they'll enjoy in a way some of the players being brought up. I think they'll give some rope to Beatty and Vientos and Gilbert or any of these other guys that are gonna come up. And I mean, who knows? You know, look, you know, big free, you know, big guy becomes available, a soto or something. I said this the other day. You have some capital now to to trade and and maybe not. Completely rip your farm system up. I mean, Jose Buto, who was a highly rated prospect a couple of years ago, has been knocked all the way down on the list. He's been awful this year. You know, the kids they got for uh, Escobar that were a little higher rated earlier in the year now have been knocked all the way down. The Mets have done pretty good. You know, they're getting pretty good. And we don't know. I mean, they're all lottery tickets. And I made the joke, and I appreciate the you know people thinking it was funny. Is it a $1 scratch-off where you get a guy that fills in for a little bit and gives you something, but it's a buck? Buck doesn't go far at any point in time. Is it one that you throw away and go, ah, this is a waste of time? Or is it a win for life? Is there a win for life on one of these prospects? I don't know. I'm hoping. So it's not completely hopeless. And again, I want to reiterate. He's not lying to you, Billy Epler. A rebuild or a reboot in a three wild card era is different than if this was 1990. And I and he said it. You heard the words, but we were coming back from the break. He doesn't want to do a five, six, seven year tear down, raise, and rebuild. There are a lot of GMs that would want to do that. They would love it. Oh, I got myself a job for seven years and I could market this process to steal from the Philadelphia 76ers. Not doing that. Cohen's not going to do that. And there's a lot more. But we'll be back on Sunday. We'll talk more about where we are with the Mets. I want to get into baseball in New York. Because this is an interesting time in baseball New York history. I got a fun, I think I have a fun show on Sunday. And, you know, I'll start to prepare. I'm going to do my own little research. You know, how can we talk more about these prospects? How can we, you know, get deeper dive into that We just scratched the surface on the 2024 situation. I wanted to give you some positivity. I'm not being Pollyannish. This is not where we all wanted to be. And I told you in the open, I wanted to compete through the Scherzer contract and probably through the end of the Verlander contract. And if things were going bad, then rebuild. And what they did right now, the last few days, do that in 2026 or 2027. Cohen doesn't want to delay the inevitable, he thought. He didn't think this team had it. You shook this team up. They were, there was, a, you know, Gelbs talked about it. I agree. This team had a malaise. I don't know why they came out of spring training malaise. Was it Diaz? Was it no Correa? Was it WBC? Was it the stench of failure post Atlanta, post San Diego? I think that played into it. Is it Buck? Is there something about Buck? I mean, he wasn't going to call out Buck in the scrum in Kansas City today, but Cohen gave him a vote of confidence. You you heard that Canna really loved Buck on the way out the door. So, he didn't believe in this group. This group died sometime when they left Atlanta last year. When they got swept and couldn't hammer the division down. And they've never recovered. And that happens. And sometimes, you know, you got to look and see who's left and say, you know, are these guys going to be able to rebound from that with a new group around them? McNeil... I mean Lindor you're married I hate to go back to that segment we've done that a billion times here you're married there ain't no divorce that could go with the with you and Lindor so we gotta figure out how to live with each other for a decade a long time you know so that's that hope you enjoyed this special edition trade deadline edition of the Talking Mets podcast I will be back on Sunday like I said, I want to dive deeper into some things on Sunday that are more about baseball in New York and where we are from a history standpoint because I think these are fascinating times to be a Mets fan and they're interesting times to be a baseball fan in New York because I don't think we've faced them and what we're seeing with both the Mets and the Yankees in a really, really long time. And it's, it's. I'm curious how things are going to turn because the Mets do have an opportunity to shift the, the city to their favor and... You know, they've kind of stumbled again, but we'll talk more about that. I don't want to give away too much. That's for Sunday's show. So anyway, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this edition of the Talking Mets Podcast. You can check me out all the time at the thetalkingmetspodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at Podcast.com. No G. Mike Silva dot Podcast.com. You can get me on Instagram, no G. And of course, I want to thank our good partners, the good folks at the Fanside Podcasting Network, for supporting the show. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back with another Talking Up podcast on Sunday. Till then, take care,
3: everybody.